Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Guys, it's Tim O'Connor live on 1040 AM, 92.1 FM, WYSL out in the Rochester Avon area. If you're joining me on Facebook, if you're joining me on the radio, Avon, guys, Avon, New York, all right? So listen, we're working on today, as usual, solutions to our current problems of governance in New York State. And I don't think that we can deny that the track we're on, that the, the path we're heading down is chasing people out of here, it's raising our taxes, it's beating up on local businesses, okay? But remember, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It's courage, guys, I, and I mean this, man, from the bottom of my heart. It's courage to continue that counts. And joining me today, Derek Gibson, I think that you guys are going to love him. I've had a couple conversations with him, and let me see if I can post a little graphic for the folks watching on the internet. But Derek, are you there? I am here. I'm in the house. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. Thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, I think that people need to know that there are people like you and me engaged in the political process out there fighting for freedom. So why don't you give me a rundown? One thing is, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yes, thank you. Uh, uh, thank you, uh, Tim. Yeah, I'm Derek Gibson. I'm a gubernatorial candidate for the 2022 election. Uh-oh. We're having a little audio trouble there. Derek, if you can hear me, can you repeat what you were just saying? candidate for New York State. I was born in New York, Jamaica, Queens, New York. I was raised in the Atlanta, Georgia area. And can you hear me? I can hear you. You're coming through loud and clear now. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, I'm traveling at the moment, so that's why I guess I somehow broke up. But yeah, I put my hat in the ring as a Republican candidate uh, for the governorship of New York State so I can bring it back alive. As you know, uh, the leadership there has killed New York State. And it's going to take strong leadership to bring it back. And I, myself, is that guy that can bring these folks back to life. All right. So when we take a look at some of the things that our current governor has been up to, that he's been doing, that he's been forcing down our throats, I think what people want to know is, what are you going to do different? The first thing I'm going to do is uh, when I get into office, I'm going to take off and I'm going to give your freedom back. Your freedom has been chipped away day by day, day by day. So we have got to unwind the things that have been done. And the, But the first order of business really will be crime. We have must get crime under control. And then we have to get the, the economic side back up. Uh, we have killed so many of a small business with regulations and so forth. Yeah. So I live in upstate New York near ba the Baseball Hall of Fame, Cooperstown. I don't want to say that crime isn't an issue here, but I think where you are and, and where we're broadcasting to out in Rochester, crime is 
an entirely different perspective, what's going on there. What would you do to confront this issue of what we're seeing is a spike in crime, what we're calling is a spike in violent crime? What would you do there? Right, and we have to reverse the current policies that have been put in place. Uh, bail reform is the number one issue that need, we need to redo. Uh, that bail reform came out, it was that we were told that it wouldn't be for violent criminals. That's all we have seen being released is violent criminals. And so what I would do is put a sign an executive order to put a freeze on that, and we'll go back through bail reform and do it the right way uh, it's supposed to be done. And I will call up our state guard, and I will let them work with the state police, the city police, uh, to get crime under control in the first week or two. We have uh, we have emboldened criminals to do more and more crime by being lax on the crimes that they are doing. That's something we cannot do. Once you do that, it suffers more crime because the thought uh, process of a criminal is well. If I can get away with this, I'm going to try this. So this is what's going on. But I will, the first week, I will put a team in place to crack down on crime 100%, along with I will call the state guard up and give them, I will deputize them also. I will use them to be deputized and work with our city and state police to uh, crack down on crime. And like I said, I do executive order to uh, to kill the bail reform in its tracks while we go sort through it because we know we end up in court on it. We'll sort through it and try to get it back uh like it needs to be. It shouldn't be for violent criminals. I can understand for trafficking and other incidents that don't uh, have violent tendencies. Yeah. Sure, we could do bail reform on that. You, uh, makes sense. Do you mind if I interject here for a second, sir? Going on uh, I got I want to kind of challenge you on something. And I think you were coming around to it, but I just want to point it out. Bail reform in and of itself, right? There were a lot of people in jail that had not been convicted of a crime, that couldn't afford to get themselves out of jail because of our cash bail system. Are you gonna do a balancing act? I mean, there seems to be a, a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. We've taken like local jurisdiction from our local judges out of their hands to some sort of centralized planning committee. Can you speak on that issue? Because not all bail reform, in my opinion, is bad. Right, 100%, and it's not. I've been a victim of it myself. Uh, as a teenager growing up and a young adult, I went to jail. I couldn't afford to get out, pay the bond to get out, so I had to sit there. And what the prosecutor is doing is using using that as a weapon to force you to uh, plead out to uh, uh, an offense that you know you could beat. Uh, you're too poor, you can't afford to get out and get an attorney to fight those uh, charges. So, yes, we got to restructure that, and I'm on, on board to restructure the entire justice system. It has to be restructured so it'll be beneficial for everyone. Uh, Man, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps, brother. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, These guys overcharged. They they use levers and right, clubs right. to get people to plead out to nonviolent right. crime, and and so we got to fix that too. I love it. So you've been on right, both sides of the situation. I think I heard you say. I've been a victim of the justice system myself, and I'm that guy to fix the justice system. And I would do just that. I mean, we're arresting people for traffic violations for. Uh, small uh, uh, bags of weed, all kinds of stuff that went on throughout this system for years and years and years. I can tell you as a black man, I don't play the race card, but sometimes it's good to play it. Uh, as a black man, the justice system has been stacked against us forever, and we've been the black community has been screaming this forever that the justice system is one-sided and no one listened to us. So I get elected to the position I'm definitely going to uh, straighten the justice system out for the poor whites and the black and everybody. Let it be equal justice for all. So I got to go in there and I got to do a clean sweep we got to take these judges off their throne that are uh, thinking they have the last word 
they got to be accountable to someone. The prosecutors also. We have got to make it so the everyday citizen can afford to go to court and sign an OR bond. If it's nonviolent, I want them to be able to sign an OR bond and then come back to court and we use it from there. I don't want to put all my people in prison. There's no need to put them in jail. Other prisons are for uh, some of these uh, things that they are doing. We can better that without doing it. We can charge people right. fines. We can do community service. And yeah, hey, I got to I got to jump in again. Them. You are hitting on one of my favorite subjects, okay, that guys like me and you do not have access to the justice system, okay? Whether it's family court, whether it's civil court, whether it's criminal court, it's been stacked against us. It's stacked against the middle class, stacked against the, the father fighting to see his kids. It's it, I, Can you fix all of this stuff for me? Well, I can't personally fix all of myself. I need the people behind me. With the people behind me, of course we can. We can fix it all. Uh, if I get the people behind me, I'm going to be their voice, and we're going to fix the system. We're going to destroy the system that's there, and now we're going to take it down and put a, a, a eco-justice system in place. We're going to start respecting our citizens. Uh, we're not going to look down on anyone if you're, you're homeless or you uh, or you've got a corporate job. So we're going to apply justice evenly to, er- evenly to everyone, and we're going to do something about these unjust laws. We're going to petition the legislator to get rid of these unjust laws and so forth. I would do that as governor. I would use executive order just like Joe Biden used them on the first day to do the crap that he did, which is nonsense. But I would use it to actually do good for our people. Uh, I'm concerned. Because then our, our legislator has abrogated its responsibility, especially in New York State. And when I hear executive orders, I understand that there's a time and a place for them. And this is where, again, where I want to push back on you a little bit. I think the power of persuasion can serve all of us. And if you were to use executive orders, a lot like Trump did, to undo old executive orders, I, I would be more comfortable with that. But when I hear executive orders, I start getting concerned. Ease, ease my mind here. Tell me you're going to use them judiciously or something. Right, right. And like I said, I already, I already covered that while I said we, I use executive order because I know it's going to be fought in the courts and we're trying to restructure the thing before, you know, we have to go through the courts before the case has to come all the way through the courts. But at this point, we are so deep uh, backwards in New York State, you're going to have to use, say for instance, the, uh, the red flag laws that are, uh, I almost set the name up, man, the... Uh, the gun carrier law. Anyway, I want yes. I want to use an executive order on that in order to turn things around and force it to go to court. No, there's not a whole lot of executive order just to be using the executive order because the next person coming over turn. My point is to get get the legislator to undo these things that has been ingrained into the system for so long. So that's my point on using the executive order. Okay, you want this, so I want this. Yeah. I'll ball my fist up. I want right. this, you want that. So Jared, let's give me together. a second, brother. Please hang out for another segment. What we got going on is we're coming up against a break. This is WYSL, 1040 AM. And joining me today is Derek Gibson on A Free Solution. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe 
safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. Free solution. All right, welcome back to a free solution live on WYSL 1040 AM and WACK in Newark. Joining me today is Derek Gibson, and he's got solutions, he's got ideas, he's running for New York State Governor. Um, Derek, we've got some questions, I'm going to read them to you. And um, my friend Andrew Hamill out in Maryland, New York, asked this question. Would Derek be willing to have Larry Sharp as lieutenant governor? Well, you know, the lieutenant governorship is, is totally separate. It's not like it is in other states. You'll run on a ticket together. Uh, Larry's more. I, I personally know Larry. He's a good guy. I, know, uh, I learned a lot from Larry in his time uh, running for governor also. And uh, I would love to have Larry, but we don't. It's not a team thing in the state of New York. That's something that people have to ask Larry themselves. So will you run on a uh, ticket? And I think we'll make a great team. Me and uh, him, and I don't know if others out there also will make a great team. But you individually yeah. do it in the state of New York. Well, yeah. So that's that's a good point. But I think if you could package this up, and then let me just put it the other way too. What about you running for lieutenant governor and Larry running for governor? What do you think about that? You executive yeah, so I'm in the race. I ran for governor, so I'm in the race to win the governorship. So uh, right. whoever want to come on board under me, that would be just fine. All right, I love it. All right, so we got Angie and Steve in the audience, who I, guys, I, I think they're very active supporters of yours. I think they're wonderful people. And so what their question is, Derek, what's your stance on CRT and helping improve the special education needs in our public schools? Right, right. Thanks for that question. CRT is... Uh, Complete garbage has no place in our schools. Not only in the schools, in the homes, our business, and nowhere else. It's only a tool used by the leftists, the liberal leftists, uh, brain dead, to to uh, cause further division in our, our mankind. That's all it is. CRT should be taught absolutely nowhere. And I, I listen to liberals all the time. Well, uh, uh, we need to get rid of statues. We need to do this. We need to do that. One. We need to get rid of the past. But you want to keep past in the school. What sense does that make if you want to get rid of town and get rid of all that? But in, on the other hand, you want to bring into the school system and teach kids, oh, you oppressed because of the color of your skin, and you're oppressed because of your color. That's complete hatred being taught in our schools. That has no place in the public school system. And uh, we have to fight hard about that to remove that from our school system. It's in there, and it needs to be removed. The parents need to stand up, and they need to go to the school board meeting, and they need to demand it. They remove it if they don't. You should pull your kids from the school, and you should demand your federal funding for your your kid goes wherever your kids go. And that's how my list with school choice. Special education, right. yo, we need the state of the art uh, equipment, and we need great teachers to get these people and teach them because they actually can function in our society if they get the uh, proper trained education, even if they need special education. I know plenty of people that special education, they function in our society, they hold a job down and all. So, yes, I'm 100% for that. The last guy ran for Governor Mark Malinera, and he was dealing with that issue in his family. And he brought all of that to light also. I like Mark. He brought that to light, and we must, uh, you know, do our best 
to try to uh, uh, get CRT and all the things out of school. So. I'm going to do my Jen Pisaki imitation here. Let's circle back around to CRT. I want my children to understand the importance of slavery. I want my children to understand things about the war on Black Wall Street the, the, and how the, perhaps the Civil Rights Amendment has failed our society. So is that what you want to push back on or what part of CRT do you want to push back on? I want to push back on the whole thing of CRT because if it has that little infection part in that, it's going to spread like cancer and kill the whole agenda. So I want absolutely nothing did about CRT. I want to just study history in school, study civics in school, and like we've been doing, and go from there. Well, it's good to know your past, but it's not good to dwell on your past. You cannot go forward by looking backwards. If I'm driving my car and just looking backwards all the time, that means I can't go forward. I'm going to have an accident or whatever. And this is what we teach our children, to look backwards. That is what we do. And that's the liberal standards. That's the liberal set up to make our kids fail when they go around and say, oh, we love the black kids. No, you don't. You don't love black kids because you're teaching them that they are oppressed when there's opportunities for every single person in America to get the same education as any white person or any other type of uh, person. All right, so let me ask you this while we're on this subject. What about school choice? I, I notice in densely populated urban areas, you guys are all separated by zones and you go, you got to go to this school or that school. I, I over time, a lot of libertarians have brought forth the notion, and a lot of people from the black community have brought forth the notion that school choice and freedom to, to change schools to a, something that serves you better is important. Where are you at on that? Yeah, so school choice is big. I got it on my platform. We must right. be able to take the cap. We got a cap. Andrew Cuomo, the, governor, the current governor, he put a cap on that in this year's budget, which is $212 billion. He put a cap on it. Why would you put a cap on school choice? It shouldn't be a cap on that at all. So I would release the, uh, the first day I'll release the cap off of that and then encourage people to remove their kids from public school because I don't like it. I know for a fact that my daughter was in uh, Jacqueline Kennedy in uh, Manhattan, and the things that they were teaching us are disgraces. They get out of school, they want to know how to function in society because they're concentrating on uh, things that is not uh, uh, not good for them. That's what they constantly just to have a narrative going. So school choices, he, Choice is huge on my list, and I will fight hard to bring school choice in. And I will, what I want to do is uh, get rid of the board of education, just like we got in New York, the big Supreme Court bill. Look at the Supreme Court of the U.S. I want to dissolve all that and put it in the individual zones in their prospective township or city and put civilian control over every single thing it is when it comes to the school system. The board of education is it has passed its time. It needs to be dissolved, and I will fight to have it dissolved also. I want to bring something totally new into the system uh, that's going to be uh, beneficial for the parents, the students, and also to be able to function in our society once they graduate from school. All right, so I want to be a policy advisor for you. And look, guys, I've got to tell you, I'm finding a lot of reasonable overlap between Derek's position and what I, I think would make society better, that could improve our state. Um, so, Angie and Steve, again, got another great question, and I kind of lost my train of thought. I apologize. Guys, bear with me as I, I gain proficiency in this broadcast game. I get excited by, by people like Derek joining me and, and helping me spread the voice of liberty. So, Angie and Steve asked, what is your stance on medical freedom? And guys, this is all over the news. We're fighting about a vaccine. We're fighting about what your employer should know about you, what your, what your school should know about you. Where do you stand on medical freedom, and how would that relate to your candidacy? 
So, yeah, I'm 100% for medical freedom. We shouldn't be forcing anything on society. I know some things are for the greater good of society, but the current situation that is going on is not for the greater good of society. And then the people that was over us, such as uh, Gates and Dr. Parson, and Gates not even a doctor, they're pushing these uh, uh, non-FDA-approved vaccines. And when we actually have stuff that approved by the FDA that can uh, uh, deliver the, uh, the covid they don't. They don't do it. So I'm working with a group of scientists that we have the fingerprint test for instance. You don't need the nasal swab doing out getting your DNA. You can do it yourself. It's been approved by the FDA. We had a homeopathic treatment has been approved by the FDA, and they're not concentrating on. They don't want the people to know about it. So it's a wicked agenda behind this vax, vax, vax. It's more to it. And by them having Bill Gates up there, knowing doctors that had virus in every one of his computer, how are you going to fix a real virus? And he could fix one of his computer. He's telling us we need to take bad things and do this and that. It's complete nonsense. I use the liberal standards on that, my body, my choice. So let's leave it up to the people. If you want to get vaccinated, my wife is vaccinated, but I'm not vaccinated. She's an ER nurse and she had to get vaccinated. She took it. I know people that got vaccinated and got sick from it. I even know people that have took the vaccination and died from it. So it's just cat that's a chance it's not approved by the FDA and we shouldn't force it on anyone. We shouldn't have COVID passes. We should have none of that. Like I said, they're chipping away at your freedom daily and I'll be the type of government that would kick back on all of the nonsense they're, that is going on throughout the state of New York. Yeah, they're chipping away at our freedom by promising us safety. Safety from a, a virus, safety from gun violence, safety from this, right. safety from that. We've changed the dynamics. Like the government used to protect our rights. And now they're providing us allegedly, okay, or trying to provide us with safety. And I don't think that it quite works out. Because if you're following along on the um, Facebook, Twitter feeds and the YouTube feeds, I'm putting up some ways to get in touch with Derek Gibson. Um, you can reach out to him on Twitter. You can reach out to him on his Facebook page. And guys, he has a, a website. So he's the real deal, man. You could donate him a couple bucks. That's a free solution. I know it might cost a couple dollars, but if you want to support a candidate who is fighting for freedom, let's do that. Um, Derek, I got a couple more questions. I don't know if you want to hang on for another segment, or, or what do you want to do, man? I'm, I'm going to have to get out because I have another show coming up, so I got like five minutes left. I'm going to have to get out. So if you have any more questions, you can go ahead and run the portion. All right, so we're... That's my ability. All right. I just want to thank you all. I found Derek live on Facebook because I consume alternate media. He's a big Trump supporter. He's got a lot of great ideas about freedom. Thank you all for listening to him and I on The Free Solution. Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website. There 
hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. And it's a free solution with 72% more Tim O'Connor. Guys, the uh, Andrew Cuomo recently, I think it was Tuesday, declared a state of emergency regarding gun violence in New York State. Um, the Libertarian Party of New York has issued a statement, and I'd like to share that statement with you now. All right. Albany, New York, July 7th, 2021. On Tuesday, Governor Cuomo of New York issued an executive order declaring gun violence a disaster emergency. The first, guys, of its kind in the nation. According to the governor's office, this strategy will treat gun violence as a public health crisis, using short-term solutions to manage the immediate gun violence crisis and reduce the shooting rate as well as long-term solutions that focus on community-based intervention and prevention and strategies to break the cycle of violence. And guys, this is my comments. This is where the issue becomes a government is substituting responsibility for a promise of safety. And now we're going to go back to the uh, press release. Governor Cuomo has committed nearly $140 million, $140 million in a state that's broke. Okay. We're, we're beyond broke regardless of the amount of money that's coming to the federal government. We're beyond broke. Okay. So $140 million to implement the order, which includes the creation. And guys, you know, this is going to drive me crazy. I'm going to try not to lose my mind here, but the creation of a new state level office specifically focused on gun violence targeting hotspots, and so-called positive engagement for at-risk youth. Major police departments in New York will be required by the executive order to cooperate with the new office and its initiatives. So guys, we in New York, we're constantly creating new offices to serve new underserved communities. And we don't have a real comprehensive strategy. We, we seem to jump from one emotional issue to the next. And we keep kind of like circling around to stuff like this. All right, so the Libertarian Party of New York was swift to denounce the governor's actions. Cody Anderson, and guys, you if you check out any of my stuff on Facebook, Cody's been on a few of my shows. Cody Anderson, the chair of the LPNY, explained, Cuomo's declaration of a false emergency granting himself broad, unilateral powers is meant to throw me to this base and to do damage control for his own political aspirations. And guys, do any of you doubt that reality? I mean, this is this is a self-defense mechanism. This is a him responding to a, a news article. This is him responding to, and guys, I don't mean to be insensitive to communities that are experiencing an uptick in violence, but as Kevin pointed out on his show, and lots of other people are quick to point out, violent crime is on a on a downswing. It's moving away. We're moving away from it. Um, so. Anderson explained the executive order creates yet another useless, expensive government office at taxpayer expense. Yeah, I mean, that's where we're at. And it replaces control by local law enforcement with coerced cooperation with 
and this is a killer, guys, with central party bureaucracies, all right? And as we see this devolution of local authority being granted to the state, that they issue grants to get cooperation, just like the, the federal education agency, and that's how they're getting CRT into the schools, stuff like that. It's a problem. As he did during the pandemic, and I'm back to Cody's words now, as he did during the pandemic, Governor Cuomo has once again chosen to rule by executive order, Anderson continued. His haphazard implementation of a state of emergency over COVID gun violence, over COVID-19, trampled our freedoms and damaged the state's economy. By attempting the same tactics with gun violence, the governor is setting a dangerous precedent that cheapens any future emergency declaration. The state legislature, and guys, you've heard me rant about this, the state legislature is equally culpable passing gun manufacturing liability legislation, which emboldened Cuomo to take these actions. Both the legislature's continued abdication of power to the governor, as well as Cuomo's dictatorial rule is unacceptable. These most recent measures are another incremental step toward the state's complete revocation of our natural rights to bear arms and our defend ourselves. This is a cost the citizens of New York State cannot afford and we must send that message to Albany. Guys, your assemblyman, your senator, believe it or not, they actually wanna hear from you. If they don't hear from us, if they don't hear from you, literally five crazy cat ladies who send letters 10 times a month control the state. I don't know if you get that, but that's pretty funny. Um, so guys, to circle back around to Derek being on, Ange and Steve, if you want to reach out to them on Facebook, they're more than happy to answer a bunch of questions um, about Derek, who I think was a pretty enjoyable guest. I don't know what you guys thought. Um, and guys, Cuomo created the state of emergency. Absolutely. that I'm responding to a comment coming through on the Facebook thing. He, he is using it as a political weapon to protect himself and to further his own political aspirations, in the words of Cody Anderson, myself, and so many other people. Because this is a free solution. A lot of you libertarians may be wondering why I had a Republican candidate for governor on the show and why I mentioned Larry Sharp. I don't want you libertarians to be disappointed that I don't have 100% dedication, single vision to supporting Larry Sharp. Even though if Larry decides to run, I'm going to back him 100%. Um, he's doing the hard work of spreading liberty. He's on the show on Tuesdays. He's actually writing a book that's supposed to be coming out later this month. I think these things are incredibly important in spreading the message of liberty, doing shows like this, doing shows like every night, five nights a week, Monday through Friday on the Sharp Way. He's out there talking to people. He's out there hunting down and finding conversations with YouTube stars and YouTube video stars. I think all of those things are incredibly important. And guys, that's why I had Derek Gibson on. The bottom line is, is there is a certain drastic area where we can all overlap and we can all work together on spreading this notion of freedom in New York State. Um, so, guys, I have a bunch more stuff to go over. But, first of all, I got, I got to take, take time. Like, tomorrow, Kevin and I are going to be doing Fake News Friday. And I'm kind of wondering if I should troll Kevin a little bit. You let me know in the comments or send me a message. But... I don't think Kevin likes Trump as much as I do. And I don't think that Kevin thinks Trump is at all libertarian. So I think at some point, maybe instead of doing Fake News Friday, we should do something along the lines of 
was Trump a libertarian? So I don't know if you want to participate in that tomorrow, but that'll be tomorrow at noon as well, live on WYSL, 1040 AM and 92.1, 95.1 on the FM dial. And don't forget our friends out uh, Newark, New York on WACK. And guys, I still have um, time available if you want to give a call and have a share a few of your comments or a few of your thoughts about Derek Gibson, about Larry Sharp, about me, Tim O'Connor, about Kevin Wilson, who handles the show Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays on a free solution. So, one big bit of controversy that's kind of been coming up, and maybe we can carry this over into the next segment as well. Um, Tucker Carlson, and guys, we've warned about the power empowering the central government to spy on us with the NSA. But Tucker Carlson's coming under some fire recently. I, I read an article from The Hill, um, and this is, I'm quoting Tucker here. Yesterday I learned that, and this is going to come out soon, that the NSA leaked the contents of my emails to journalists in an effort to discredit me. I know that because I got a call from one of them saying, oh, this is what your email was about. So basically the, the concept is, is that Tucker was reaching out to try to do an interview with Vladimir Putin to get his opinion of Joe Biden, and the NSA allegedly, purportedly, or at least maybe, doxed him, unmasked him. Okay, unmasking is the term where the NSA or secret government agencies or the CIA let people know what your reporter systems are up to. Um, so anyways, this is from the New York Post. Fox News primetime host Tucker Carlson claimed Wednesday that his identity was unmasked and illegally leaked to the media in retaliation for his attempts to score a sit-down with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Carlson initially accused the National Security Agency on June 28th of monitoring his emails in an effort to find damaging material that would force Fox to take off his top-rated show, um, Tucker Carlson, tonight off the air. That claim prompted a rare public denial from the agency, which stated that Carlson has never been an intelligence target. I don't know if I believe any of that. Um, I'm sure that we're all intelligence targets on some level. I think that they want to, with being empowered by the federal government, they want to keep tabs and, I don't know if you're following me, but oh my God, they do. They want to keep tabs on everything and everybody. And again, it goes back to the, in the name of safety. All right. So let's see. Andrew Hamill, we'll circle back around here. My buddy Andrew out in Maryland, New York. If Derek can get Larry Sharp for lieutenant governor, that would be so good for the state. I, let me put it out there. I think Derek and Larry have the same kind of vibe and that neither one of them is really going to be happy with the, the role of lieutenant governor. I don't know how you feel about that, Andrew, but I think that that's a big deal. I, I think that they see a path to a freer New York and they're going to follow their path regardless of what we want them to do. So would that team up be a fantastic thing for the state of New York? Probably. And guys, it's Tim O'Connor. I'm live on a free solution, WYSL AM 1040, 92.1, 95.1 FM. I'll be back after this break.
Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovations should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Okay, guys, this is Tim O'Connor once again live on WYSL 1040 AM in Avon, Rochester. This is a free solution. So before the break, guys, we were talking about, number one, whether I should troll Kevin Wilson tomorrow with a constant positive take that Trump was in fact a libertarian. And if you have questions about that or you have comments or you have thoughts that you'd like to share about whether Trump was libertarian or not, please, you know, send me a private message, send a message to the page of Tim O'Connor for Liberty. I think that there's an issue in there where we can discuss what Trump did and what Trump has done and what he's continuing to do and whether they what people liked about him, whether it was libertarian ideas, libertarian ideals, concepts of freedom that, that are worth discussing. So we'll be doing fake news Friday, but I may try to slip in a few kind of pro-Trump statements on him. Um, so before the, the break, we were talking about Tucker Carlson and the NSA um, and about he, how he was unmasked, um, allegedly unmasked, let's put it that way, okay? Carlson did not identify a reporter or outlet, but Axios' Jonathan Swan reported earlier Wednesday that the host had reached out to U.S.-based Kremlin intermediaries about a potential Putin interview. The story by Swan and an occasional guest on Fox News programs like Special, Re- Special Report excuse me, um, cited sources familiar with the conversations. And Carlson answers back, guys. And guys, you may wonder why I'm talking about Tucker Carlson. It's mostly because my mom literally sends me the the links to his show and she wants me to know all about Tucker Carlson. So I'm going to share knowledge with you about Tucker Carlson. Um, so Tucker says, I wasn't embarrassed about trying to interview Putin. He, he's obviously newsworthy. I'm an American citizen. I can interview anyone I want and I plan to. But still, in this case, I decided to keep it quiet. I figured that any kind of publicity would rattle the Russians and make the interview less likely to happen. But the Biden administration found out anyway by reading my emails. And certainly we've seen plenty of instances over the recent years where people do have access to your emails. So you kind of got to be careful with what you're putting in them. Um, But on that note, guys, what do you think about that? Do you think that Tucker Carlson is is telling the truth? Um, Do you think that this is all an accurate thing? Or, Or guys, one possibility is that he's making it up to make himself newsworthy, right? So all those things are possible, and those are the kind of things that libertarians and a free solution can consider. Um, as we move forward and as I get more proficient with this broadcasting deal and and how as I figure out how this works, 
I do want to do things like talk about Joe Biden and making fun of him, personally. I mean, guys, he tweeted out, uh, actually, he was having the Los Angeles Dodgers in the White House to celebrate their World Series um, victory. And Joe Biden claims that he hit a 368-foot single in his second congressional baseball game. So I'm not sure what he's thinking, but these things are easily fact-checked. And it turns out, guys, not so much, okay? He went 0-2 in the second congressional baseball game. The third congressional baseball game, he was late, but he did, in fact, show up. So he had that going on. And there's no record of him hitting a 368-foot shot. But what I do want to point out to my libertarian friends out there is that Ron Paul hit a home run that landed him in the Hall of Fame. And this is dated, we're going back in history here, guys, posted June 27, 2012 in an article by David Myers. In 1979, Ron Paul, a libertarian icon, a libertarian hero, crushed a slow curveball from then representative Ron Model that cleared the left field wall just to the right of the 310-foot mark in Alexandria's four-mile run park. The Texas Republican is believed to be the first person to hit one out of the park during a congressional baseball game. So there you have it. We're sharing the truth here on A Free Solution. Um, so guys, if you'll bear with me just another minute, I got to search through my stack of stuff. And once again, I want to remind you that Kevin Wilson and I will be live tomorrow on WYSL 1040 AM doing Fake News Friday and talking about things like Andrew Cuomo's executive power grabs, about the Libertarian Party response to it. Maybe I'll get Ke uh, Kevin to talk about Derek Gibson. But like, let's all start consuming this alternative media. This, let's stay away from the Fox Newses and the CNNs and the Chris Cuomos. And guys, even Tucker Carlson, I think that they, they basically reach into our psyche and they destroy our id and they get us to respond emotionally to all sorts of silly things. But if you guys want, for a few more minutes, I've got some of Biden's biggest gaffes. So if you hang out with me, we'll talk about it. Um, and the most recent one, guys, and it was reminiscent of when uh, Jeb Bush gave a rousing speech and he stood up and he said, please clap. Okay, so here's Joe Biden, 2020, giving a, a speech to a bunch of uh, military professionals. And he comes back with, oh my goodness, where'd it go? Oh, oh, I can't say it on there. You laugh at that, you stupid B word. Okay. <laughs> All right, and then in 2006, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, all these guys have made these technical gaffes, right? In 2006, as he explored his second presidential run, Biden's penchant for racial insensitivity caused him repeated headaches. In Delaware, the largest growth population is Indian Americans moving in from India. 
And so basically he literally said, you cannot go into a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. Guys, I, I don't know, man. I'm kind of mad at a system where the two best people that we have running for president, and this is all with all due respect to everybody. If you look, if you like Joe Biden, if you like Donald Trump, I've got a lot of respect for you guys. That's your position, but please feel free to defend it. But I'm mad at a system that brings us to this point where our choices are Joe Biden or Donald Trump. I don't think that people understand that, and I'm going to keep explaining it, that Donald Trump was president because of the lack of options, because people haven't taken enough interest in politics. And guys, we're coming up on the end of the show. I just want to again remind everybody that this is a free solution live on 1040 AM WYSL in Avon Rochester, Avon Rochester. And I am Tim O'Connor. Monday, Wednesdays at WACK down in Newark, or out in Newark. It's out. Guys, again, bear with me as I try to work hard at increasing my proficiency here. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, Kevin Wilson. Tuesdays, Larry Sharp. And Larry Sharp is also available five nights a week on his show, The Sharp Way. If you want to encourage him, if you want to find out about more about his book, please feel free to join that show. I regularly join it and make the wittiest comments of all. Um, so, guys, I want to thank everyone for being here again today. I hope you tune in again tomorrow with Kevin and I. Fake News Friday. Is Trump a Republican or a Libertarian? And what about Trump? Maybe appealing to Libertarians, maybe appealing to Democrats. What well, we're heading out to a break. I want to thank you all for being here. Thanks for your patience. And we'll see you again tomorrow. Thank you.